Well, good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you all for being here today. I'm, uh, it's good to see you. My name's Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. As I was um, getting ready to, to come on up, there was somebody that was carrying into the church a cot. They were carrying a cot into the church. And I looked at it and I said, what is that for, the sermon? You know, so you could, so you could sleep, you know. Might as well just lay from. It's for, for day camp. They're doing it for the pros for day camp. And we've got all kinds of stuff downstairs, upstairs. It, it's just pretty phenomenal what they have done. I mean, look at this place. I mean, they just transformed this place into an incredible uh, jungle scene. And we're going to be having a bunch of kids pouring in uh, to this place for the next two weeks. And so, so thank, you, thank you, those of you that have contributed and donated stuff and brought stuff here and helped put it all together. It's, it's going to make a difference in the lives of kids forever, forever. And that's, that's the, the really, really cool part. Hey, welcome back. We were not here on, on um, last weekend. We were um, someplace else um, out in the community serving people. Um, somebody said, so you, did you close the church last weekend? It's like... No, church doesn't close. You can't close church. The building was closed. We didn't have anything going on here. The church just simply was not gathered. We were what? We were scattered. We were scattered throughout doing things and loving neighbors. And I hope you made some great connections with people and did some things that you never would have done before. And I hope you also had an opportunity to experience what it's like to say, okay, God, what would you have me do today? I have no idea what would it that you would be directing me to do. And, and you're able to kind of feel that touch and that experience from, from God. And I hope it triggers you to do some more. Um, on, your, on your program, the insert in your, in your program, or if you're taking notes on your, on your app, at the top there is a thing that says this. If I were to describe myself in three words or three phrases, what would those words be? Three words, three phrases, what would those be? And, and I'm going to ask you to take a second and just kind of think that one through and write them down if you would. Okay, go ahead and, 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 and do that. Type them in or, or, or write it down. Uh, some of us will probably put down something that may be our personality. You know, you're outgoing or you're shy or you're extroverted. If you write down morning person, understand none of us like you very much, okay? <laughs> some will put down life situation, whether you're single or married or you're a dad or you're a daughter. Some of it might be I'm a, I'm a student, or I'm an engineer, or I'm retired, or I'm a barista, or something like that. You may just want to write those things down. Um, some, your politics. Some of you will kind of put down your politics, and you're conservative, or liberal, or I'm sick of both, okay? And that's okay to put down, too. Or possibly the animals that you, you, you love. Anim animals like a horse, or a rabbit, or a dog. There's one more. Oh, yeah, fish. You know, something that you might like for that. Um, words of phrase. You got yours? You have yours down, written down? Did you have a chance to write those things down? We'll come back to these in a few moments. We are in a series that we're calling Hope to Overcome because there is a lot of stuff that we have to what? Overcome in life. If you were to tear down the whole stage behind me, you would see the big word hope or esperanza. And that's our entire theme for the whole year. We're looking at what hope is. And now hope is not just something like wishful thinking. I hope the sun comes out today. It won't. But I hope the sun will come out today. That's just a wish. Hope is an understanding and a grasp that a loving God is in charge of life and my life. And no matter what happens, whether good or bad, he's in control 
and it's to be okay. And so we have not the verb hope, we have the noun. We have it. It's a living hope that we have and we can live in. And, and I found some great points from Tim Doremus from Life Church. A, a great message he, he provided. I'm going to pull some stuff from that. As we talk about labels, the hope to overcome the lie of the labels sometimes we have stuck to us and how to overcome that. But before we get any farther, let's take a second and pray, okay? And so, Lord, thank you for these moments now that we have. And God, I just pray you give me the right words to share, the right things to say that would help us all be transformed and changed into the people you would really desire and want us to be. And we thank you because of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. I had to look this up on some of the hot label brands that are out there for us to wear. You know, some of the hot label things. You know what shoes the hot shoes are? Hot shoes now for kids, actually, is Vans. Vans is number one, above and beyond. Vans are the number one shoes, followed by Nike. But another brand that's coming up is Rothy. Rothy shoes are, are getting really, really big. And for clothing, it's American Eagle and Urban Outfitters. And if you're a guy, it's Carhartt. You know, you want to wear those kinds of things. Babies have their own designer labels. Did you know that? Babies, if you have babies. Um, <clears throat> the big one, number one, is Lula. Lula is for babies or there are rags to riches, or there's even meme. Now, now those are clothes. Our clothes have labels, and, and we do too. I asked you to write down three words that describe yourself, and, and those can actually become our labels, the labels that we might kind of mentally have or picture ourselves to have. And sometimes they're positive. You know, I'm a hard worker. I'm, I'm a success. You, you wrote them, them down. But sometimes there are hidden words that we have placed and put down for ourselves. Other times, others have labeled us, okay? Others, we carry the, the labels that other people have shared with us or intimated or hinted at. Nerd, complainer, grumpy, screw up, loser. Those are labels that sometimes happen in our lives. And sometimes, as I said, we label ourselves with not so great of words. Inadequate, dropout, loser, loner, screw up, addict, failure. Those become the labels that we wear. And, and, and there's this really weird problem that happens with labels. Um, if I wear my label too long, um, it stops describing my past and it starts determining my what? My future. It just simply doesn't describe my past, but it starts to now move me into my behavior and, and my life. If I feel labeled as a failure because of work or maybe because of relationships in my life, I will feel like a failure. I start to feel like a failure. And <clears throat> if I feel like a failure, I'll stop trying new things because if I try new things, I'll probably fail at it which only confirms the fact that I've been labeled as a failure, and so I don't even try, and because I don't try, I feel more like a what? A failure. You see, see, see how it all kind of, kind of works? If I feel like I'm bad at relationships, I'll back away from relationships, and that confirms that I'm what? Bad at relationships. You see, see how it all kind of comes together in us? See how our labels kind of all, all screw us up? And now some of us wear a whole bunch of labels, and if you can just think of the hello my name is, and we could stick those labels all over ourselves. <clears throat> now the good news is it doesn't have to be that way, and we can get past these labels. We really, really can. We can get past these labels. 
There's a great situation in the life of Jesus, and it's found in the book of Mark, chapter 2. And, and, and I'd encourage you at some point in time today to read the whole story, because it's a, it's a great situation, it's a great story, and there's a lot more to it than I can get into this morning. But it really involves two people, two people that we're going to focus on. One, of course, is Jesus, and the other is a guy, and, and this guy's never named. We will never, ever know his name. So it's about Jesus and this other guy, okay? It starts out this way. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Now, the story starts that Jesus is now in his public ministry. He spent three years in public ministry, and he's now kind of at the height of his popularity. He's the hot ticket in town. You want to go to hear Jesus. You know, he's kind of like Taylor Swift. You know, everyone wants to pack in, you know, and, 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 and find this place. It's a big sellout. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. Now, you can mentally get this picture, can't you, on this one? You know, a house just all swarmed with people inside. You look on the windows, you just see people, 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 and there's just a big crowd on the outside as well. I can, I can picture that. <clears throat> and here's where our friend comes in. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. That's our guy, okay? That's the guy, the guy that's being carried. Whether he's a quadriplegic or paraplegic or whatever, um, and he has a bunch of labels, paralytic, disabled. Now, now, not just disabled, there are obviously some consequences um, to his physical situation. Um, because he is disabled, he's unemployed, and he's unemployable. And back in those days, the only way you can get money if you're unemployed or unemployable is to what? Is to beg. So he's now a, a beggar. <clears throat> and beyond that, theologically, back in those days, people believed that, that <clears throat> if you had some kind of sickness or brokenness, it was because of some great sin that you had committed at some point in your life. Okay, It was some huge sin that you had committed in your lifetime. And so well, amidst all these other labels, you can add sinner to that list as well because he had been labeled by that by a whole bunch of people. Now, those are his everyday labels that he has to live with every moment, every time he wakes up. That's a lot of labels. <clears throat> but he has friends, okay? At least he has friends. It says, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And this is another thing, you just, you just kind of picture of that happening even right here. You know, you know, he's right here. You know, all of a sudden, something starts to happen above there, and all this debris starts to fall down, and splinters, and dust, and nails. It all comes collapsing down. And all of a sudden, they're starting to lower this guy down. Now, if you're going to lower him down, they're not going to lower him down fast, okay? Because you can't do that. They're going to lower him down slow, slow, slow. And so for their... There's a few minutes of very, what I would say, awkward time while this guy is, is coming down. And, I, and I, I, I can know what it looks like. I wonder what was going on during that time. I just wonder what the guy said as he was coming down. You know, I wonder what he's saying, you know. I hate to what? Drop in like this, you know, as he's, as he's, he's, he's going down. I'm just hanging around, you know. As he, he's getting closer and closer and closer. So he finally gets down, and it says this. When Jesus saw their faith, 
He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, there's something I would not expect to see in that sentence. I would expect it to say, seeing his faith. But that's not what it says. Jesus looked up, and it says, seeing their faith. These guys, faith. Apparently... The faith of the people around you help and count. Okay? Somehow they do. Um, some way their faith moved this guy to this point in his life. Um, and their attitude is this. We've got to get our friend to Jesus. We've got to get our friend to Jesus. Because if I can get my friend to Jesus, Jesus can help him. So I got to get him to Christ. And I think that's what friends do. Friends do that. Your friends are either getting you closer to Christ or not. They're either moving you to Jesus or they're moving you away from Jesus. That's what this story can we can pull from this story. That's what friends do and that's what we're called to say and do. In fact, many of you are here because you had a friend that had in their mind, I got to get them to Jesus. I got to get them to Jesus because once they get to Jesus, Jesus can help them. And that's what we're called to do as well. Work with people, love a people to say, if I can get them to Jesus, <clears throat> I can help them. We need to carry our friends closer to Jesus. That's just what we do. Okay, let's keep going on this one. All right. So the guy's now lying there, and, 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 and I just people are thinking, oh, what next? Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And that's who Jesus is, and that's what Jesus does, and this is awesome enough. And understand, if Jesus does nothing else for this guy, he's done, he's done what? He's done enough, okay? He's done enough. If Jesus does nothing else for this guy, he's done more than enough, way more than enough. He's forgiven for sins. And sometimes I feel so bad, you know, when I think this one out in my head because I'll think, well, why doesn't God do this and do this and do this and do this and do this? And I have to come back and pull back and say, wait a second. He, sa he saved me. He got my sins taken care of. And that's enough. That's more than enough. Sometimes I want to say, why can't God do this, this, and this? But he's already done the most important thing and solved the most important problem that I've got. Okay, Jesus forgives the guy's sin. Jesus is lying there, and, and he has a lot of challenges, though, still going on, okay? And he has a lot of labels and burdens that are still working on, on his life. He has, for instance, the whole idea of, of, of being unemployed. He has the old, whole thing, the label of being a cast-off unloved, a burden to other people. And, and, and if I would put words in his mouth, maybe he's also thinking, come on, Jesus, what about me being paralyzed? What about that part? You know, what about that part? What about not being able to, to work or hug my mom or, or, or what? And, and, and here's where it gets a little bit deeper and a little bit complicated, but just, just, just hang on. This guy had a whole lot of labels. He had a whole bunch of them, pop, 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 you know, all over his place, all over his place. And if Jesus had simply just, first of all, done nothing but heal the guy, all it would have been is one more label that he could stick on, healed. Okay? That's it, healed. One more label. Um, 
But Jesus doesn't give this guy a new label. He goes a lot deeper than that. Um, he does a deeper work in his life. Because there's a difference between a label and an identity. A label is just kind of what has happened to me on the outside. An identity is who I'm becoming on the inside. And this is where Jesus goes to first. Not on the outside, he goes on the inside first. Great verse to memorize. It's one of my favorite ones, and I'll share it a lot. If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Old is gone, new things have come. That's just not a new label to put on you. That's a whole different identity. It's, it's now who you are. And that's why Jesus would say it's so radical, I'm going to say it, it's almost like being completely reborn. And when you're reborn, it's just not a new label. It's a whole new identity of who you are, of who, of who I am. If I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation, and a new creation means a new identity. And an identity is way more than a label. It's the whole, whole part of me. So the Bible says this, as, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. That's an identity. Okay, that's an identity. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Identity. And a lot of us just want a better label in life, you know? I want to be cool, or I want to be popular. I want a better label. I want to be famous. I, I want to have it made. I, I want that kind of label. God's going to first work on the identity. Jesus doesn't worry about the surface stuff. He goes deeper on the inside. And so you could say, if you're taking notes, a label describes my past. An identity is going to define my future, define my future, who I am. Guy doesn't need a better label. He's got enough labels. He needs a new identity. So we've got to get back to the story, okay, because I want to say we're leaving this guy hanging there. At least we're leaving this guy laying there. Got a back story. So it says, so I will prove to you. He has this big discussion with the religious leaders, and that's why you've got to read the whole story. I'll prove to you that the Son of Man, meaning himself, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Meaning, I'm not just kind of throwing pie in the sky scuff around here. My words have authority. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. It says the man jumped up, he grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before. Okay, we think end of story, you know, fade to black, Roll the credits, you know, play that happy song, you know, and kind of all winds, winds up. But I always wonder what happened to this guy, you know? I always wonder what happened to this guy. I wonder what happened to him, you know? He had a bunch more years to live. He was probably a young man. Um, I bet one thing, for a long time, people whispered, hey, see that guy? You know, see that guy there? You know, that's the guy that Jesus healed. He was a sinner, so God made him paralyzed, and he couldn't hold down a job, and he was probably messed up pretty bad. But remember I told you about him? He, he was a beggar now, but he's got a new label on. He's now healed, and people would whisper about him. There's this lady in the Bible, and she would know all about whispering um, because she probably experienced it all her, her life. Her name keeps coming up again and again and again throughout Scripture. Her name keeps coming up again and again and again. Um, her name is Rahab. Remember Rahab? Heard that name, Rahab? 
And she is known throughout the Bible as Rahab the what? The prostitute. Rahab the prostitute. Again and again, Rahab the prostitute. She's mentioned eight different times in Scripture. Um, she's even mentioned in the lineage of Jesus, which is amazing and astounding to me. But it goes, as you read the lineages, lineage, is Joseph's son of so-and-so, whose son of so-and-so, whose son of so-and-so, whose son of Rahab the what? The prostitute. You know, there it is for everyone to see forever and ever. Eight different times she's mentioned in the Bible. Six of those times she's described as Rahab the prostitute. And you think, come on, how much do you have to bring it up, you know? Why can't it just be Rahab, you know? Why does God allow in his eternal word, the Bible, for it to keep coming up as Rahab the prostitute? Tim Doremus, great quote, he says this. The sins of Rahab were not too big to be forgiven, but the work of God in Rahab's life was too big to be denied. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? This, this, the, the sins were not too big to be forgiven. God can forgive those. That's, that's not a big issue. But what he had done in her life was, was, man, was too big to be denied, too big to be ignored. You can't ignore when God does a work like that to take a person who's like this and makes them like that. And I, and I tend to think that my sins label me and not have to worry about labels. But the something new that has happened, what I have become, and it's something new that, that it doesn't matter anymore what I've done. It's my identity that now matters. And labels can still be just hanging around. And sometimes God lets them still hang around. Why? Not just simply to reveal what I was, but to reveal of the work that he's done in my life to make me something new. So that I no longer need to worry about those labels, but they almost become a way for me to be able to say, this is what I was, but see what God has done, and this is what I've now become. Paul says this in the Bible. He says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. That's not a label. That's a T-shirt. You know, I'm the worst of them all. I'm, I, I've got, I'm, I'm the worst. I'll, I'll say it. God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience and as even the worst sinners. Why? Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. We sometimes think, well, why can't, my, why can't the labels just all disappear? It's because God sometimes has to say, look, I'm going to keep them on there so you're going to remember them so that you can tell other people the hope that they can have that God can forgive. Well, back some people looked at the song, most popular songs, you know, people sing is Amazing Grace. You know it's Amazing Grace? Everyone sings it. Everyone sings this song, all kinds of stuff, Amazing Grace, so sweet stuff. And, 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 and all of a sudden what they said is, you know, there's a word in there that we don't like, and we need to change that word. And so actually, some places you go, some churches you go, there's a word that's changed in the song Amazing Grace because they said this song is not a good word and it's going to make people feel bad about themselves and we really don't want people to feel bad about themselves when we sing this song. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a what? Wretch. And they said, I don't like that word. We shouldn't call each other wretches. So it's going to be Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved someone like me. 
And I think, how does that help? You know? How does that help? I am a wretch, you know? And you're a wretch. And that's why grace is so amazing. If I was just simply a someone, there's no amazingness to grace. Grace is amazing and simply amazing because it took everything that I honestly really am, the labels that I have, and the labels on the inside, and then the identity that was all screwed up on the inside, and he loved me and gave me grace. And that's why grace is amazing. Again, Paul said this, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I'm the worst of them all. I am just flat out the worst of them all. I am the worst of them all. And he will go on to describe it. He was a blasphemer, and he killed God's people, and he did all kinds of things. And he said, and God just chose me. He just chose me. I don't know why he did. He did as a complete display of grace. And he's saying is, if God can take me with all these really screwed up labels all over me and love me, then he can do it to anybody. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up right now. And, and, and um, a couple of things are going to happen in the next couple of minutes is, is we're going to be showing some verses on the screens. And the verses on the screens talk about identity. They talk about the identity that you can have um, in God because of God. And, and, and what we're going to ask is we're going to be playing some music and, and just look at that and just allow these verses to kind of sink into you. These are, this is the truth of God on who either you are in Christ or you can become in Christ. And then they're going to do a song. It's a sweet song. Um, it's about forgiveness, and it's actually taken from the story of the woman that broke the jar of perfume and anointed Jesus' feet with it, and people complained about her, and... He said, Jesus said, you know, the one who is forgiven much, what? Loves much. And this is from her, her perspective um, on this one. And so maybe this will speak to you as we do it. But watch the screens, and then we're going to worship and hear um, a, a great song. <laughs> 